It's Jet Set Breakfast on uh, SAFM, leading the conversation with myself, Bridget Masingas. So uh, we are going to be talking to Professor Alessandro Osala, who is uh, the assistant professor out at the University of California. And we are looking at, uh, there was an article written in theconversation.com, and they were looking at, you know, the impact that gardening had on our lives during the uh, global lockdown. We know that as lockdowns went into effect um, in 2020 to obviously slow down the spread of the coronavirus, there was a lot of trends that emerged. And one of those was a global gardening boom. Um, I know for one, I spent hundreds and hundreds of rands with my friends going to uh, buy trees and all kinds of plants. Um, You know, some of them survived, some of them didn't. Uh, And we're going to indulge that conversation this morning about what all that meant you know, there is some data that is slowly trickling uh, in terms of some of those pandemic lockdown trends and gardening is one of those. Good morning to you, Professor Alessandro Osala. How are you doing? I have no idea what time it is in L.A. because I think in New York time and I, I can't remember if L.A. is, uh, you know, ahead or behind by six hours or so. <laughs> Hi, Bridget. We are still in yesterday time and it's 11.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Oh, listen. Well, thank you for taking some time out from uh, a, a groovy Saturday to come and join us in this conversation. Uh, it's my pleasure. And thank you, Bridget, for having us. Awesome stuff. So gardening was was one of the trends that emerged quite strongly during, uh, you know, global lockdown. It doesn't matter whether you were in South Africa, whether you were in Italy, California, whether you were, had a garden or not, you were in apartments and just had a balcony, somehow people gravitated towards, uh, you know, wanting to be one with the earth and wanting to be one with, with plants and flowers for a, a plethora of reasons. Um, what does the data tell us about that connection? Yeah, so uh, I was actually in Australia when COVID struck and uh, I was on phone calls with my colleagues globally and we were surprised by the news of uh, global shortages of seeds and plants. So people were stuck at home and uh, they were going to their local nurseries and buying things to, to, you know, to be doing gardening. So we actually decided to investigate this by using Google Trends mm-hmm. and by searching um, how the term gardening translated in 39 languages peaked during the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. And uh, you could clearly see that as soon as uh, different countries were going to, you know, different lockdowns, uh, people were actually Googling gardening more and more. And that was kind of incredible because we could see from this big data set that somehow we had a global synchronized response. And and that set up a new, um, a new study where we surveyed with a social survey, almost 5,000 people um, in several different continents. Mm. And essentially, we found out a couple of things that were interesting. People were self-reporting that they decided to garden to reconnect to nature in Mm. the first place. And the second uh, important reason was to de-stress and try Mm. to go away in their own you know little universe in the backyard and try to go away as far as possible from the bad news that the you know the media were talking about about mm. COVID-19. 
Mm. I mean, you know, you, you speak about the psychology of it, the two reasons. One was you know, to de-stress um, and, and the other to sort of reconnect. And I think when I read this article, for me, that's what jumped out first was, well, why did I, you know, inevitably, I've been thinking about a garden for many, many years, but why did I inevitably then decide to go and have garden days was exactly that, the sense of something that you could control, but something that also somewhat could control your psychology. Gardening has a very peaceful, calming uh, manner about it. Correct. Uh, the, the main reason, uh, I guess, was the fact that people suddenly had a lot of spare time mm. in you know, their hands, in their lives, so they couldn't go out, they couldn't go you know, to a restaurant, uh, in many countries, they were, you know, pretty hard lockdowns where you couldn't even move, you know, around your neighborhood. Mm. So your local patch of greenery or maybe sometimes a community garden was actually the only place where you could uh, try to either, uh, you know, positively isolate yourself and, mm. you know, look at plants and potentially animals um, and try to, uh, you know, like de-stress in this positive way. In in some countries and some cities, people are still allowed to go to community gardens, mm. even though in a socially distanced way. And uh, they were able somehow to connect at a distance with other people in the community mm. through, you know, exchanging advice of how to crop a particular, you know, veggie or fruits and so on. So really it was mesmerizing to see this global synchronized response. Mm. Uh, we're in conversation with uh, Prof. Alessandro, who's the assistant professor out at the University of California, just taking some time out uh, to look at some of the outcomes of uh, research that he and his colleagues did around the boom of gardening uh, uh, during the peaks of lockdown globally with over 5,000 people surveyed uh, and across uh, several continents. What are some of the interesting sort of findings that yourself and your colleagues came across, um, you know, you know, when it came to, to sort of engaging this conversation around us and our engagement with, with gardening? So uh, we found out uh, unexpectedly that most of the gardens that, uh, you know, we surveyed were middle-aged, somehow experienced gardeners. They've been doing this maybe for, you know, more than a decade. So that wasn't really surprising. Mm. But we also were, we were able to connect with a lot of new gardeners, particularly young people. Mm. And, uh, you know, instead of spending a lot of time in front of their computers and, and so on, they actually found a much better way to to try to get out of the pandemic, which was through gardening. So they decided to leave, you know, the social media a bit, you know, <laughs> in their bedrooms uh, and go out and do something different and try to see, uh, you know, how they could actually grow plants. Mm. The internet was extremely important for new gardeners to find out how to do things. I mean, if you haven't done gardening before, mm. you know, it's kind of difficult to you know, understand where to start, how to dig the soil, what type of plants to plant, how to water them, how to care for them, and so on. Mm. So the internet was somehow a window to the bigger, you know, global community of gardeners to try to find information. But still, the backyard was, uh, as put by one of the, the, the respondents, was a refuge for mm. them during the pandemic. Mm. So now we really need to understand how we can keep 
gardening in people's lives after the pandemic is done and dusted awfully soon. Mm. And that was definitely going to be my next question to you is, uh, you know, understanding our need to to connect, um, you know, during the times of lockdown for various reasons. I'm now wondering, as the world has eased back into some sense of normality uh, over the last year or so, um, what is our relationship now with, with gardening? Are, are people still, is there a second layer of the survey that you've already engaged to, to find out? Are people still actively gardening and are they still doing it at sort of the same level and the same durations that they did during the times of lockdown? Professor, can you still hear me? Professor Alessandro? I think we've lost audio there. For, let me see if we've... Professor Alessandro? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. There we are. There we are. Um, so I was saying that, I, I guess, to your point, as we move out of, um, you know, out of global lockdowns, I'm wondering if the next phase of the survey now is to double back and find out if those people, especially the novice gardeners who started back, you know, during lockdown, are they still keeping up with those gardens and are they keeping up with them for more or less the same kind of duration of time? Are they still as dedicated to the process? Yeah, that's something, it's actually a very good question and uh, we would like to follow up soon, maybe, you know, in a few months. Uh, hopefully we can try to find back <laughs> the gardeners because, you know, now everybody's going back to their own, you know, busy lives and hopefully life is going to go back to normal. But uh, we really want to try to convince uh, you know, local councils and your local communities to give opportunity for gardeners, particularly for the communities that didn't have the space for gardening, mm. because it's it's kind of it's not very often that you find you know cities uh, in Africa or elsewhere where mm. you can actually garden. Not everybody has the luck or have in a backyard, of course, mm. but we can plan better cities and greener cities in the future and we need to start now the coronavirus pandemic was was very bad overall mm. but it was also an opportunity for us to do other, you know better things in the future yeah absolutely uh, as you talk about greener cities i i look out the window I, you know i'm having a spirit of grace this morning and i'm like at least i'm grateful to be living in one of the most greenest cities in the world uh, by way of johannesburg um and and the mental and psychological benefits of the garden as well, that your research um, has got to say something to those sectors. You know, when, when you look at the, the health sector, both in the US, Europe, Africa, that research speaks, I think, quite, quite strongly to the benefits of, of mental health, which is a global crisis. Our generation is suffering more and more from stress, depression, anxiety, and there's got to be something that says, maybe if we just bring it back to the essence, even in small ways like gardening, it could go a long way to just balancing out, um, you know, the, the negative elements of this go, go, go generation we find ourselves in. Correct. And uh, I mean, uh, now there are a few countries and few areas where 
medical doctors can actually prescribe green prescriptions. Mm. So really like uh, walks in nature or interaction with animals and plants that can be issued as alternatives to medications and pills and you know drugs and all that thing. Mm. So we know that as humans, we've always been connected to nature. I mean, we were born in Africa. Mm. So we really need to go back to our own basics and trying to rediscover what are our own roots. We knew how to do things and how to connect nature. Uh, progress and innovation just push us a bit too far away from it. Mm. So if we could think of how to re-envision our urban and rural areas where we can meaningfully interact with nature, particularly the young kids mm. that are our future, that's the way that I think you know we should be heading to. Absolutely. Uh, Prof. Alessandro, thank you so much for taking the time. That was uh, Prof. Alessandro Osala, who is uh, the assistant professor out at the University of California, uh, just talking to us around the study that he and his colleagues had done, surveying uh, over 5,000 participants across several um, continents uh, about the boom in gardening and some of the findings there. Um, And we will double back to this conversation as uh, they continue to, to go back and see, are you keeping up with your gardening and is it still beneficial for you? Uh, it will be a great next step to, to the work that they've already begun. It is Jet Set Breakfast with myself, Bridget Masinga on SAFM.